0: Hello and welcome to the official podcast of Palate Exposure, featuring Alona Thompson, a podcast for those seeking the ultimate in wine, food, and travel. Each week she interviews winemakers, chefs, celebrities, and a variety of guests that shape the way we enjoy life.
1: So we've covered a lot of ground mm-hmm. and some really seminal points, and now I'm immensely curious about the more lighthearted, sure. amusing part of your wine journey, and certainly there has to be so many Interesting stories, yeah. Um, to me, to probably discuss in in one segment, but I would love to hear some of your adventures in the wine auction world.
0: Well, <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a little time speaking with you now. Great. Prefacing, uh, I'm searching in my mind there's so many stories i bet (laughs) so much cool stuff and like i said i feel just feel lucky and uh i never took a moment for granted but when it comes to uh, you know the wines i've tried which was the first motivation you know being in a professional capacity that you could have success in something you love doing Mm -hmm. oh my god so many stories i mean I, maybe I start with, like, let's say, a verbal montage of coolness that might become stories for a later time. But I mean, there was once my friend's yacht in you know, in San Francisco, not far from the Golden Gate Bridge, and hanging out with Joe Montana and Lars Ulrich all at the same time. And oh, my. See, here you go. You say that. That's like an entry for what, what got you there. How did you, you know, and what were they yes. like? so i uh, that's a story you know i i've that's cool i've i've sat down <laughs> i've been to james l brooks apartment on the upper west side cuz he was interested in some wine stuff we were he came to one of the auctions and you know here's james l brooks academy award winning producer and he made such great movies and he happened to be the guy that discovered my favorite movie maker wes anderson and stuff like this and you know suddenly again bigger stories here but there are times when you if you step out of yourself in the situation Mm -hmm. i mean you got to be careful not to like my situation fanboy or something you
2: know
0: (laughs) and I, i i i guess uh I had no idea, no idea in what kind of experiences and opportunities this path in the wine world would have led to. I've met so many wonderful great people. That's been the best part about yeah. it.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's not just it's not even famous people, you know. I know but really it it you know wine is <clears throat> such an amazing Personal experience for everybody that's into it. It's Mm -hmm. a very personal thing but that said it's also I I, Again, I'm trying to equate it to something else and I can't but I Don't think there's anything quite like it that is so Shared among those that really love and enjoy it and part of the sharing of it is part of the appreciation and value that those of us who love it get out of it Mm -hmm. and not everybody, but most wine-loving people I've run into, th- they want to share it. And, it, and, and it, it's different than sharing, let's say, <clears throat> if I were to say, oh, I want to share my favorite song with you. You know what that does? I play it, but it means we all have to be quiet. We can't talk about it while it's happening because I'll get upset. You're not hearing it. you know? Da, 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 yeah. da. You're t- or... Let's watch your favorite movie, James. You know what's your favorite movie? But then I mean, you can't have a dialogue while it's going because it interrupts the experience. Of
2: course.
0: Wine and even food, but especially wine. I mean, so much of the enjoyment is what you get out of it, sharing it with others at whatever level it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I've opened extremely expensive bottles for people who had no idea what that was. Maybe they liked wine, or maybe they didn't even like it, but. And it's cool to just see what the reaction is, but also it's it just it's just sharing it, you know. Yeah.
1: It's
0: uh, a reward unto itself. Yeah. So, so okay. The the best wine experiences, getting back to that, are clearly, uh, you know, when you get these opportunities to share wonderful moments with people. And so, uh, I mean, that said, I've had some beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, I couldn't even made this up when I was growing up. Lucky. I talked about, I'm on a yacht with Joe Montana and Lars Ulrich. You know, I, I mean, there was a time I was at a dinner with, I mean, some of the listeners will know these names, but it's so weird. You get in the weirdest situation. David Cross, the actor, comedian from like Arrested Development, at the same table as uh, uh, Maynard Keenan... James, sorry. Uh Maynard from Tool, let me put it that way, who he's one of the most lovely, passionate, positive, beautiful people I've ever met in wine. He has his wine projects in Arizona and it wasn't just, oh, I met you. Uh what was really cool about times like this, I mean I when I was in high school, I had tool's album undertow you know songs like prison sex and uh, sober and all this stuff. i mean this is like hardcore cool stuff and when you're like an angsty teenager like this is the music but suddenly you never imagine someday you're going to be in a professional capacity uh, uh hanging out with maynard from tool because he wants your opinion on his arizona wines or- and he it, he values what you have to say and he comes to you <laughs> To say, can you try these? And because one of, you know, your friends over there saying, that's the guy you go to to get some feedback. And, you know, he's serving, uh, honestly, no bullshit. One of the wines he made, which was to this day, I thought, a Nebbiolo Rosé. And among other things that Maynard was working on, passionate freaking guy. And there's just some personalities that are forces of nature. And you realize, I mean, this guy was military. And then there's Tool, you know? I mean, he's a musician, Mm -hmm. but when you, you know, it's cool to meet these people and to really see what they're about. And it's no accident, they are who they are. And he loves his wine and winemaking. The music is like a side project for him. Wow. Bright guy, man. And it's just passion. And I tell you, you know, you you wind up in situations you couldn't even dream up. And if somebody told you that was going to happen to you someday, you'd be like, I mean, that makes no sense. But here I am with Maynard, and he brought his, a flight of his wines to this group. And we're talking, oh, another guy that was there is he owns the, uh, Oh, what's the basketball team? Uh, he's a billionaire dude in New York, but owns like the Timberwolves or owns... I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool dude. Uh, a guy named... Um, uh boy. Big in the wine world is... Um, This was this is a kind of a heavy hitters dinner. I'm sorry, I'm just racking my brain because this it's is okay. going back five or six years. No worries. But it was truly one of those times. I mean, there's been a few times as much as you've seen, you thought you've seen just about everything. It's like, okay, I mean, how uh, how? Oh, Ed Milstein. Ed, Mil- Ed Milstein is uh, a prominent wine collector. He's in the wine business. He started a wine import company. He he bought in. Actually, the Ed Milstein family lives here in Greenwich, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're big a big real estate family in new york and elsewhere they own immigrants bank they own the new york islanders ed Ed, i got i've gotten to know ed ed is a real wine lover and a very generous guy so he was there and brought cool stuff Mm -hmm. and um uh so it was just it was just one of these things if you're just stepping back like what what the heck is going on i'm I'm finding myself i'm hanging out with david cross we're drinking like vintage Dom Perignon and how how's this stuff come together and it's so cool the the best times I ever had were those like again serendipitous it really had nothing to do with like you made money on a sale or you were doing this or that but you, you just you get introduced into these kind of worlds and orbits and mm-hmm. meet people that you didn't even imagine you would meet. uh I was in Los Angeles, spent a lot of time in LA. I met a lot of people, Hollywood, music industry, but there was just this one night, and it was uh, uh, one of my best friends. The guy's name is Phil colicchio and his cousin is Tom Calicchio. Of course. And uh
1: the famous top chef.
0: And Phil is. A lawyer who, one of he's a lawyer, does work with me, but we're like best buddies. He's a cool dude. But he, like when Tom was coming up, with, like at Gramercy Tavern in the '80s, right. Phil was up and coming lawyer and helped Tom with stuff. And the, you know, Phil ended up carving out this amazing niche in the food and wine world on the law, legal side. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the best, most honest, most loving people you could meet. I, Phil's one of my closest friends, and um, I, we were in. <clears throat> I was in L.A., you know, some wine auction, something related thing, and Phil was there, and uh, and it's like, hey, come out to uh, a buddy of mine's having a uh, like a kind of a stag party, bachelor dinner sort of thing. I'm like, all right, cool, all right. And, but he's like, no big deal, just a you know, dozen or so of us, and it's at Kraft Steak,
2: right. which
0: is like, um, oh, I mean, it's not far from, like, what's the UCLA campus? What area? It's not far from Beverly Hills and in Westwood, whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this is coming back six or seven years ago. Show up. And, and so he was good friends with uh, the... Uh, was it the um it wasn't the um the musicians were the uh punch brothers if you know that so they're kind of folksy but now the one of the main guys won a uh like a what is that award where they like a the genius award thing where they give up half a million bucks and whatever and he, he he he, uh, he is now he took over for Garrison Keeler for like for like I mean this is like such weird esoteric stuff that I don't but but who else was there was T Bone Burnett who was like the producer for things like uh, uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou great musician and then uh, Ed Helms from you know The Office the actor Ed Helms oh, yeah. it was just like you get into these weird things where it has nothing to do with you're showing up to try to promote or sell anything. The social side of it, the, the access you get, like so the coolest things have been those moments, which really were it it really it wasn't because you were necessarily wearing your professional shoes. It's like, oh I, I, I I'm I have this access, you know, and I can go to these things and I'm not selling anything. It's not about I'm an auction dude, but somehow because made connections made friends suddenly you know you're in the orbit of people like this and it's so fascinating because you never imagined it and it's and, and, and what you learn there you know everybody's a human being
1: of course um, I could tell
0: you a hundred more stories like that
1: okay I, I want to hear at least three <laughs> I just picked the number yeah. out of a hat but one thing that left to mind is if you were to kind of think of the top of your head what was the most heartwarming story in your career
0: wow heartwarming story yeah oh boy (laughs) wow that's tough i mean that's that's a tough i'm a heartwarming sort of guy when it comes to things that I, i get touched by stuff of course so you know for the Sake of a little bit of brevity here, and not saying I'll come back to you in two hours. I want to think about this.
1: (laughs) No worries. I've been Um,
0: been lucky with heartwarming stories, but help me help me out. So like, when you mean when you say heartwarming, just
1: something that happened when you felt like something made a difference in somebody's life. Um, Again, kind of wine is not seen as life changing, but I I beg to differ. I think that there are moments when wine becomes a connector. And you you kind of talked about the convivial aspect of it and how it's this great social glue. But also there's more personalized, kind of deeper version of it when through wine people connected to something they otherwise would have perhaps been searching for subconsciously but never quite reached. Um, And you are a part of that? Um, or perhaps it was an instance where someone didn't know what they were looking for, and it revealed itself in the medium of wine.
0: Wow. Oh, boy.
1: I know, it's kind of a little No, 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 no. My
0: (laughs) my brain is racing.
1: And um, other curiosities I have, what was the most frustrating moment for you?
0: Oh, boy. Okay. This is good. And thank you. You know, and, and... if you give me a few things to ponder on, I, that'll, that's helpful, because I'll come to something. <laughs> not, um, a la- not at all like a lack of anecdotes or stories. Um, I, I mean, there's just been so many times sharing wine with somebody where it literally was their first time to tr- try First Growth Bordeaux, no. or their first time to try a DRC wine. I've been so lucky to be in those moments. And and it it, it was honestly just, it wasn't, I'm just such a generous and resourceful guy. I mean, it was just, I I was, you know, being in the auction business, you have more access, you have more Mm -hmm. ability and more connection with those sort of wines, you can provide those moments. I, you know, so many times with uh, people, really liked a lot enjoyed a lot and many times you know clients who were i was doing a lot of business with but yeah guess what you know uh, maybe they were cali cab people or bordeaux people
2: yeah.
0: but they had they hurt you know scared of burgundy or not sure how to approach it not sure how to get into it mm-hmm. and <laughs> sounds weird but it's it's almost like you feel like you know teenager having sex for the first time or showing you know like i love uh, that
1: analogy i'm sorry but I do. <laughs> is it's, it? it is like sharing
0: something so intimate and so like kind of secret but like i
1: thought of it that way but now it's Totally imprinted on my brain.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, sorry. I mean, no, it in the best of ways, okay. not, you know, but it's, it's like. It's very
1: raw. It's like, uh, yeah. oh, that's what I, I was kind of subconsciously searching for something really impactful, high voltage, and there it is.
0: Well, yeah, you know, and the thing is, like, I mean, I could tell you a specific thing and, you know, names redacted or whatever, but it really, but I mean, these kind of heartwarming stories are very multiple. It's not like that one time. I think i have always felt like a good facilitator in the business, which I love to share it and i yeah. I like to know having myself luckily enough early on developed such a broad experience with wine and knowledge of various wines, whether it's yeah you know bordeaux burgundy california wines I mean, we haven't even started talking about Barolo and Barbaresco, one of That's my favorites. Champagne, German wine. <laughs> we'll you know, that. so many wonderful wines, but I always loved being able to share something I loved with people I knew were wine lovers, but hadn't had that experience yet, mm-hmm. you know?
2: <laughs> in, a, in a
0: strange way, and I mean, it in the best of ways. Not in, I mean, unfortunately, we're in this Me Too era, and so you have to choose your words carefully, but it would be like, you know uh, holding the hand of the person and going behind the shed and making out a little bit introducing the, something in a world that Good one. you know I don't know i mean that sounds terrible it's probably no, a horrible thing to say yeah. because it's not it's not about you, you know it's truly it's not about uh, it's not about you know the pressure act, about or aggression it's yeah. just but it's just like oh you i it's like i can exp- i can Share something with you. We can share together. But it's know.
1: intimacy. And <laughs> intimacy.
0: It's, Maybe that's yes. what it is. I don't know. You know, we live in this world, but I'm not valuing that. I mean, it's you know, seriously. There's horrible stories. I mean, you can talk to my ex-wife, my current wife. They've had horrible experiences. So I'm not making it. I'm not being flippant about no. this. But there's there's a strange thing when, you know, it is an int- there's an intimacy in a way of sharing something. New to somebody that mm-hmm. they want to go there and they're they need somebody to hold their hand through it, maybe you know,
1: Absolutely so <laughs> in the best
0: of ways, you know,
1: no, it's so true. It, and there's a central aspect to wine that I think when you're sharing it, it becomes something so much more.
0: You got it. And when there's open minds, or or when it's when you're, you know, yeah, you know, with people that do have that passion, share that passion, and you're lucky enough to be at some, uh, because you're in the profession of it, as I, you know, let's say, let's call it an elevated level, where you can kind of hone in on what, where's their next step, you know, you sort of know, maybe, oh yeah, cool, um, Almost in a str- I hate to say it. It's, it's, unfortunately, I'm kind of like falling back on <laughs> some negative analogies. But in a way, you almost feel like a drug dealer, too. It's like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you thought that speed was good. Lim- I got another pill to th- throw at you. But it really wasn't like that. It wasn't like, no, oh, you're willing to spend $200 funnel. on a bottle? I know how to get you to pay $500 a bottle. <laughs> wink, wink. No, that's not what it was. But it was truly always coming from the heart and the passion yeah. and the interest, which is, look, man, you know, cool, uh, you know, it's it's a sharing thing. And guess what? It doesn't always work out. Some people say, you know, you could open a good burgundy or good champagne. Like, yeah, it's cool, not my thing. All right, cool, you know, whatever. It, it, wine, ultimately, it's very personal for all of us who yeah. are wine lovers. And we all, as if you step out of being in the profession, yeah, I mean, we have our likes, dislikes, our boundaries, our lines.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But sharing it, sharing it with people, that gave me all the energy in the world. And coming a little bit back to the story of getting out of the wine auction world, once, once that element was like kind of negated in the wall these days and what was happening, that was, that was my métier. You know, that's what I was good at that's why what made my name and my standing in the profession, and when I kind of saw the writing on the wall that that's not how I could continue my success, then move on you know i don't know that's why I did yeah. it I, I love sharing it it's a communal thing and i i um, i'd rather I'd rather continue to be in a position. To be able to share the passion of it, and if it means I'm not even working in wine anymore and I'm just a wine lover,
2: mm-hmm.
0: fine. I don't. I don't want. I never. Wa- I don't want to be jaded by it. I didn't want to look at it this thing that I have to traffic in, to pay bills or to meet somebody's quarterly projections or some bullshit yeah. like that. That's important business. Blah blah blah. But that's what, unfortunately, uh, you know what wrapped up my career in the auction business was this kind of jargon and bullshit stuff, which is, you know what? Okay, you guys move on without me. See what you can do. And guess what? There's no Wally's Wine Auctions anymore, you know? But it's a very sad thing because all the pieces were in place uh, in terms of the team we had, the energy in the market <clears throat> the vo- we were making good de- you know good deals it's uh i don't know what to say you okay. know it it, it, was, it was it was it became a different experience than i was in any position to really manage and what i was then being pressured and asked to do was were things i it wasn't in my capacity or my my ability to do it mm-hmm. and so Okay, that matched with just, you know, an, an innate feeling, time to move on. There's other things, you know.
1: No, I mean, you've made some really intelligent choices, emotionally intelligent and practical, of course, and you honored your own, um, you know, sense of who you are. And I think that's so paramount to all of our life's experiences. and. There's absolutely no reason for anyone of you that's listening to this to not ask yourself that same very relevant question. Where are you? Are you happy? Is it congruent
0: oh, with who you are? I only wish <clears throat> that, uh, that there was a better way to connect uh, the the... the, the you know what our society measures at uh, uh, for success now mm-hmm. what what our society the measurement for success it's unfortunate there is not some link to happiness yep. to well-being
2: yeah
0: you know quote-unquote better-offness I, I don't know that's a problem it's nebulous it can't be measured um, I I don't know what to say, and I, other than <clears throat> in my working, in my professional experience, my only goal, ultimately, as I've gone through this path, and I, I've had to learn it through experience, like we all do. You know, you, you're uh, you, the man. Uh, as much as I was a young buck, even before the wine biz, mm-hmm. you know, I was one of these. Uh, guys, working my pants off, management consulting, Deloitte and Touche, great company. Mm-hmm. Wow! Now I tell you, we haven't didn't even talk about, but but that experience had so much to do with my success ultimately in the wine world. I mean, yeah. I saw so many businesses, I saw so much how companies were ran, the finances, the books, the uh, marketing, the organization I mean the biggest companies in the world I was doing work with and getting in there and the guts and the heart and the soul of it it was so cool and that's what I that was for me that was actually without even knowing wine was a destiny that was dream come true that's what I went to school for you know And, and that opportunity was you know beyond my wildest dreams
1: yeah
0: and um you know we were talking about the rudy era Mm -hmm. and the 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 time i was at deloitte was like the enron era uh worldcom you know uh, the 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 scandals the the things that literally collapsed multi-billion dollar companies Mm -hmm. i was part of a team at deloitte we were these, some, the, some of these companies were our clients, and we were coming in doing the cleanup work, wow. trying to sort out the mess, the fraud, or just the mistakes and such. And it was amazing traveling all over the place, seeing this stuff. It, it really had... I mean, it had some... When, when like, Rudy things, and Eric Greenberg and Bill Kokanel... When all this was flying around, it was... In a strange way i felt a little prepared not that what i did at deloitte and with you know these companies with the fraud enron i mean enron went from i mean overnight it's it's just amazing i mean in a way it's why people think. well whatever rudy was just this guy with mm. yeah sure multi-million dollar wine fraud whatever i mean look at the look at some of the more massive real frauds pulled off in life i'm not at all saying that's a bad not a bad thing it was a, a horrible thing what rudy and others like him did but it's weird we live in a mm-hmm. world and it's it can still happen that you know there's people that can pull off for some amount of time literally billion dollar companies that are completely bullshit mm-hmm. a facade and
1: Look at Theranos.
0: There's a great example. Wow, Uranus. And, and, and you know what? Watching like uh, what? What's her name? He, um, Katie Hughes. What's her? What's yeah. Her, what's her? The, the well. We and when you watch like the documentary, like the post facto, if you will. Yeah. Much like what I see, like with Rudy, and I think others actually. Uh. There was just there was a point at which, out of their own necessity for survival, there was some good intentions. Maybe more for Thoranos. Is it Katie Hughes? What's
1: Elizabeth? Maybe Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I I can't remember. Sorry, we'll we'll figure out. Anyway, in post
0: production we can clip in. We, but anyway, no, no. That's a, I love watching this stuff because yeah. it, it connects with the experience I had, Deloitte, and then in the wine world, mm-hmm. and and I have this weird fascination for when there's people that get into this position of truly pulling off Grand bullshit, scam. and sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> in their head, it may, they, yeah. it may not be a scam. You know, yeah. they, I think some of or them scheme. like or scheme, scheme. Like yeah. I think for Thranos, like. It, there's just this narcissism, sociopathy, or just this unwillingness to accept reality.
1: Yep. Once you get caught in the spotlight, and the, and just, by, trying to buy feeding, time into yeah, the I, I really think
0: them. she believed she was going to accomplish what she set out to do, mm-hmm. but sooner or later, you know, it, it just, the reality caught up with her. Mm-hmm. That's much different than, let's say, a Rudy Kurniawan one in the wine world mm-hmm. where. Um, great palate, you know, suddenly he sees you could pull off bullshit and I don't know. It's
1: almost a sport then. Yeah. At
0: some you know, point. And, 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 and again, here, here's where there's, with? there's still more questions than answer because, you know, for the amount of volume that Rudy's attributed to, it's very hard to believe that one young man in working in his mother's kitchen was Able to concoct literally, I don't know, a hundred million dollars worth of fake, well, I don't, whatever the number is, but Theranos is a little different. But there is a point at which there was this dream and there was this ambition without really knowing if it could work or not. But yeah. then there's a point at which you have to keep the facade going and you're hoping for the, but. Man, that is a learning experience, and it, it could happen any day. With I talk, I have a very dear friend he, who really believes Tesla is the next story like this.
2: Wow!
0: I'm not coming out saying it is or isn't. I mean, Understood. look at Tesla's market price just like doubled over the last two months or something. Right. And maybe he's just a naysayer. Maybe it's he's a smart market guy, financial. I don't know. Everybody has their opinions, but guess what? It's this. This is stuff that stories repeat themselves and there's going to be more calamity and fraud in the wine market wherever that is you know uh, where's it going to come from who does it, I don't know but these things, they don't go away no. you know so there you go You know, wine market is subject to all this drama and fraud and calamity as any other pocket of our the world we live in
1: indeed thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Palette Exposure featuring Alona Thompson we'll see you again next week